Welcome to Tales from the Tap. My name is Frankie, and this is my co-host. Stan the Man. And we are excited to talk to you about Standard. Yes, you heard me right. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Standard, the meta breakdown, and getting ready for uh, the Standard season that will be coming up. With that being said, Stan, I know you've done a lot of grinding this week and in the past two weeks, I guess, since we did our last episode in limited and standard first limited. How's that been going? Limited has been going phenomenally. I know I've been supposed to be playing standard and I have been playing some standard, but every time I log into Arena, which I redownloaded Arena specifically for this, but Wilds of Trade, man, it's it's just such a fun format. I know we talked about it a lot and we keep saying how fun of a format it is. Uh, I know I've been saying the limited team has been doing a great job in general. The design team with every set being really fun to play limited wise, but Walls of Aldrain is a different beast. I have never had, I think this is my favorite limited set of all time. Like not close. I cannot get enough of it. I've probably spent like, including gems that I've won back, like 50,000 gems on drafts um, and 10,000 gold that I managed to get back from the battle pass or whatever. I think I've played every two color combination at this point. And most three color combinations because I love splashing. I've played a couple four color splashes where like I have like a third and fourth light splash or like a crystal grotto or like I'll have like two or three of them somehow, which is really nice. Uh, adventures kind of lend themselves to be splashed pretty easily in my opinion because like if I don't get to cast the adventure or if I don't get to cast the creature, but the spell or the creature are good enough by themselves. I don't feel that unhappy about it. Like, for example, I can't remember the name of the guy, but there's a green adventure, put a permanent back on top of your deck, white creature, ETB draw card. So green adventure, white creature, and it's a 2-2 for 3. And because the creature draws a card when it enters, I don't really hate it that much because it's not bad for celebration. It's also... It also plays pretty well with Tomb Veil Guide, which is one of my favorite cards in the format. But the Green Adventure, if you get to splash that, sometimes you're just like getting to get value cards back on top of your deck that, for example, if they kill your Godric and you get to get back Godric with that adventure, you're feeling amazing. So I really like being able to splash cards like that. In general, there's no like one color that is too good in my opinion. Black, probably the best color for like first picking. If I had to pick one, but like, even like if you get stuck drafting some blue and green card, or sorry, yeah, blue and green cards, because um, everybody in the draft is taking the red and black ones, those cards are pretty powerful. I've even seen like a lot of Azorius decks crushing it, not the tap out version, like I think Azorius tap out is probably the worst archetype, but if you take those cards and build a good Azorius deck as a result, you can just have a good, a good a good Azorius beats deck or even a deck that can go late game if you splash some green. Uh, all in all, I, would, I just can't get enough of the format. And it's been kind of taking away from my ability to play standard. Although my excuse is that uh, every time I look at a standard deck, I'm like, oh, I'm missing these wilds cards. I might as well just draft anyway. I'm going to get the wilds cards <laughs> yeah, in my draft right. and put them in my, my uh, collection for playing some standard. Save myself some money, quote unquote. Yeah. And I agree 100% with that. I think that it has been really easy to splash and play three-color combos. I think it's really easy to have streamlined two-color decks. And there's not a color combination that I'm unhappy to be playing and that I'm not having a good time playing. Yeah. And on top of that, there are some colors that have commons that are running so deep that you feel fine to play a monocolored deck or really a monocolored deck with 
a splash or two splashes. Like yeah. I played a deck today that got me into diamond, which is the first time I've been diamond in a couple sets where I've been playing enough. And it's mainly black that like has a light splash of green and blue. And it's it's just so fun to play. I'm not I'm never having a bad time. And part of that splashing is like in this in this deck I've got uh Threadbind Clique, which is part of the cards that are really good to play in blue white control. Yeah. Where it's the adventure side. Is that the adventure that is like destroy a tath creature? Yes. Yes. And then you play a three three flyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, it's a fairy. Yeah, and it's a fairy, which matters in in the theme. And so I'm like, oh, most of the time I can just play this as a three three flyer for four. Mm-hmm. But if I have collector's vault or the tap land that you can pay three, sacrifice it, bring uh, an adventure card. Back oh to yeah, Edgewall in. Yes, Edgewall in. Or if I don't have Edgewall in, I'm like, oh, if I don't have Edgewall in or collector's vault treasures, I'm still got this flyer. But then I'm also like kind of have a fourth color sometimes if I do have those things. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that actually because one Edgewall in is one of the splash lands that I'll grab. Like, oh, I'm I'm playing three colors. I got to get an Edgewall in. It's a it's like a pseudo evolving wilds because you get to pick your color. Uh, kind of reminds me of the Jumpstart lands. It's like pick a color or whatever. The other thing I like a lot is uh, yeah, what you said. I will literally be drafting like. Oh, I got really good white cards. I'm going to keep grabbing white because once the red start cards start coming, I'm going to be cooking with some celebration. But I never get the red cards. I just like a mono white deck with like green splash, black splash, blue splash from the adventures. Like um, the card you spit, set specifically, that white splash of just destroy target tapped creature. I'll literally draft that card in like a mono white deck or like a white red deck just to have that removal. And then I'll like, oh, I have a crystal grotto. I can like maybe if i get lucky i'll play the four mana three three flyer later and it, and it comes up it really does it's like you're i'll have like a red white celebration and i'm playing that spell just to have the removal spell and then later on in the game it gets really grindy because this format is so grindy you're just like well this four mana three three flyer and they're coming up or i think i had a four color deck that was almost five but i managed to cut blue and it was like green black because i had moss with dread knight and then the other one that's like um Minus two, minus two, but the green creature is... Uh, Gingerbread Hunter. Yeah, Gingerbread Hunter, exactly. So, like, I had that and Moss with Dread Knights. I'm like, well, yeah, I want to play Gokari. But then I had, like, a ton of the blue-red adventure guys where it's, like, Bounce a Guy, uh, You Can't Cast Three Drops. Oh, and the then, Serpent. Um, yeah, and then... Um, I, I never remember the names. I'm, I'm, I'm so Jarrett with this. I just know all the abilities. <laughs> it's sure. like... Uh, one of them is, like, deal one damage to any target, but then you get the guy that has prowess or whatever. Oh, um... I forget the name. It's an otter. Yeah. It's a two mana otter. Yeah. One of the otters. And then it's like, well, I have all these guys. I want to play them all together. And like, well, I'm really mainly a red deck, but like if I get my green and black going, it's, it's cooking. And like, I've never built one of those decks where I'm like, man, my mana really, really uh, took a dump on me. It was always like, Oh, it kind of just worked out. Um, There's so many treasures in the format. There's a lot of ways to make multiple colors. Evolving Wilds and Crystal Grotto really lend themselves well, especially because it feels like when you're in, in these packs, you're like, oh, a pack came around with a Crystal Grotto or Evolving Wilds or the red guy that makes a treasure or the red battle that makes a treasure, or not battle, Saga, the red Saga that makes two treasures. Those cards will come around and you're like, well, realistically, what's in the rest of this pack for me? And you kind of know what you're looking for. And you're like, well, I don't like any of these cards for my deck. Or I'm willing to miss out on this one medium card just to guarantee some mana fixing. 
And then because you're at the end of the pack anyway, most likely when you're making these decisions, it kind of leans really well into like pivoting into other colors. Like I've had drafts where I started off mono green and then I ended up with like the sickest celebration deck or rats or whatever. But I started off in these other colors that I would have never thought I was going to be playing. (laughs) You know what I mean? If I start off in green, there's no way I'm going to be playing red, black by the end of it. But I drafted my Evolving Wilds in pack one. So I was able to switch into back two or whatever uh and it's just like rewarding to like know the cards and like build your deck accordingly yeah i absolutely agree and i am just having a absolute blast and part of our grind right is is trying to as we're making more content we're trying to just prove not just to ourselves but to the rest of you guys like hey we're worth listening to this is why we are good at magic and so what it's fun too. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I've just had uh, a great time. It's definitely like high up there for a great limited set. Yeah, it's true. I, I usually never care about my rank, but now that you mention it, I am almost diamond from how much limited I've been playing. I'm like, oh man, it's kind of nice to like have that high rank just to be like, well, yeah, I am winning games. You know, like I'm not just like out here throwing money at the wall. Every time I get some good decks, I post them in the Discord. I'm sending all the screenshots all the the time. And that's how I had to like make the excuse like, yeah, I know I'm playing standard, but I'm mostly playing limited this week. I had some really awesome games though. Like I think I posted on Twitter, or X, apologies, about a win that I had with Force Fruition, where if your opponent casts a spell, they have to draw seven cards. So I was playing Simic, Big Mana. That was one of my payoffs. And if they start casting spells into me and they can't kill me, they lose. And the reason why I did that was because I actually played against that where somebody was playing Force Fruition against me. And I was playing one of my four-color piles. So I was like, man, I'm in a really rough spot. However, I managed to beat that guy because, like, well, I'm going to draw everything I'm going to hit in my deck. What's the best thing I can do if I hit everything? And I just managed to have like exactly enough damage with one card in my library to kill him. And that guy was like roping and sending GGs and just spamming. He was so mad. It's like, bro, like I had it. Like, I don't know what you want from me. But seeing how his play pattern was, it kind of like um, when I drafted Simic reminded me like, oh, if I see Force Rotation, I can actually build that. And it ended up coming up. I got past the Force Rotation in pack three. I was already in Simic big stuff. And I had like two Archive Dragons, Force Fruition, some of the big uh, green guys that make treasures like there's a four drop that says uh, if you cast a five drop or or greater you get to make a food and that card is so good for like outlasting tracker yes that guy's so good for outlasting your opponents if you have that guy and you are playing like um five mana draw three make a fairy yes uh, into the fake court that's the one the fairy can't block very well but if you just draw those three cards in this archetype you're gonna be crushing assuming you have like the core for it so i have that guy i've got a bunch of like the defenders where you need to have ferocious to uh, attack with them and then you're making all this food and then you play a force version it's like a time bomb you have to kill me or your board state has to be good enough otherwise you lost and that was kind of like really fun to play, but it's like a hidden archetype within a hidden archetype of like just what this format encompasses. Yeah. Oh man, I I could talk about this format forever, but beyond that, I've also right for Twitter before we had our page, hmm. I would like save my trophies and post them every time on Twitter, and yeah. I would post them in uh, the Lords Limited Discord, and I noticed. I think this is not only the set that I've gotten the most trophies in, but also the set that I've had the most five wins, six wins, like yeah. making my gems back and then some like other sets I'll have hot streaks and then cold streaks. But yep. this set has just been like, I really have found it. Mm-hmm. And 
we're grooving. Yeah, I think I've been averaging five wins, which is really nice for me because I just was like getting all the standard cards. But not just that, like I used to post six win decks because I was like, well, I'm not really playing that much limited. So if I get a six and three, that's not that bad. I was getting so many five and six win decks. I was like, okay, this is just spamming. I'm only going to pass post the seven and those or like the seven and twos or whatever. Uh, but even then I was like getting so many seven win decks. I was like, man, maybe I should really only post them if they're different. Because like if I win with Rakdos Rats three leagues in a row... Is it really that interesting? You yeah, know what I mean, sure. like how many different edge wall. It is to Michael Brady. <laughs> that's true, and we we love Michael. That's true, <laughs> but like besides like our close friends, like how many people actually care that I won with Rakdos and I just had a different rare this time? Oh, this time I had Godric. Oh. Next time I had the guy that sacks rats. Yeah, this time I had the big donut. Right, right, exactly. There's only so many times I can post Rakdos rats, so, so I started only posting the seven win decks that are like, dude, I did four color and it worked, or uh, I had uh, the craziest like somebody past me uh bitter blossom in pack two for some reason like what the heck so all in all i can i can talk about the format for hours like you said but in general just a good time and i think the cards are so interesting and dynamic that a lot of them ended up having an impact on the constructed formats which will end up leading into to like later on in the podcast as we talk about standard metagame and such but i'm really glad wilds of eldraine was the set it was because uh it needed to be what it is for where we're at in magic right now i think this year yeah, I agree. Wild Devil Drain has shaken up all of the formats in a way that seems uh, not only fun, but healthy. Like we're yeah, seeing 100%. a lot of brewing, different archetypes coming into the different metas. It's it's really good. With that, what center have you been playing these past few weeks? Like what deck are you on? Like I said, I was drafting wilds to end up building my decks. And um, a lot of you might not know this, but I used to play Arena a ton. I loved it. I was such a big fan. I would finish every set. I'd always buy the 50-pack pre-release. Then Alchemy came out, and then they started making like Alchemy sets where all the cards were different or Conjuring or we're going to make Omneth Scry one instead of Draw a Card. I think Overhurst Bowmasters just this week recently changed so it doesn't have the ETB. And honestly, if you like, if you like that, I'm happy for you. That was the worst update in the history of Magic for me. I uninstalled Arena literally when Alchemy came out, and I didn't play Arena for like a year and a half after that. So when I said earlier that I downloaded Arena, I really meant like I re-downloaded Arena. I missed so many sets. The only set I didn't really miss was um, Brothers War because that limited format was so fun for me that I re-downloaded Arena just to play that limited format. And when it left, I re-uninstalled it. to just stop playing because I was so bored of Arena and Alchemy. And Historic was one of my favorite formats, so it really was heartbreaking for me when they ruined it, in my opinion. I think they ruined the format. It used to be arguably one of the best formats. So I don't have a lot of standard cards because I missed Dominator United. I missed um, Phyrexia 1 Will Be All, March of the Machine, March Aftermath, etc. on Arena. So I only have like Brothers War and Walls of Train. Unless I use my wild cards and I'm really, really stingy with my wild cards because I just like, I'm, uh, it's like so FOMO of me, but I just, I'm so stingy. So I kept looking at the deck list and going like, okay, what am I missing where I'm missing more either wild cards or wilds will help me build this deck with like less wild cards. And a lot of the decks were like, oh, you're missing like six cards from miles of Eldrain. Okay. I'm going to go spam drafts until I get those six cards. And then it would happen. And I ended up building just mono red to its full fruition because by the time I was done drafting, I only needed like four rares for the deck. So I was like, Oh, perfect. I'm going to do that. 
And mono red is actually really cool. This is, um, first of all, I simp for mono red. It's uh, one of my favorite archetypes when it's done correctly. And I used to spam a lot of Hazaret red back in Amonkhet, Hour of Devastation standard. And this one really reminds me of that red deck. It's very grindy. It's very creature-based. But your spells support it in such a way that it's... um, it's just so powerful. Like a monstrous rage, so spear is so crazy. We can talk about this later when we get into mono red because it's the currently second most played deck. So we'll definitely bring it up. But I've just been playing so much mono red, and I really love the deck in general. And also, Godric has been bringing his talents over to uh, standard from limited, really hitting us with the Le- LeBron James treatment. <laughs> but mono red for me has been the deck I've been playing the most. The second most played deck for me would probably be Bant Control because that's what I've been playing in Paper Magic with um one of my buddies he's in the podcast shout outs to gabe he um bought like a ton of standard cards just to build multiple decks because we, we've been wanting to play standard since like last month which is why i was like almost coercing you like we have to talk about standard in the podcast but uh he'll show up like on a friday night and we'll jam some standard together and i've been playing the bant deck because uh, i'm a big fan of the beans and beans with syncopate and stuff like that is really fun that deck is really cool, but it's actually pretty low in the meta. You'd be surprised. Um, it's like eighth or ninth most played, I want to say. Um, and red is just like really dominant. So I am almost in diamond from limited. And I was like in bronze four, no games played, exclamation point. You're not going to get your season rewards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, I hadn't played limited in a year. So I was like, uh, you know what? I'm just going to spam mono red. And then grind it up to plat or diamond or whatever. And then see where that takes us. What about yourself? Man, all I'm getting from this is that you were really stingy with your wild cards and big long story to say that you're a dirty mono red player. <laughs> That's that, totally it, man. I was like, well, red, because uh, the mono white deck is bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also got, mono black, actually. Mono white was playable. Mono black disappeared. Yeah, well, I've got thoughts about the mono white deck only because it crushes one of the decks that I have been playing. Sure. And... It was as of a few weeks ago, which I was playing a ton of uh, because I was revolting against the four-color ramp. It was a set or two ago that I was playing like strictly four-color, five-color ramp. All I was playing, the Tiberius Dompy into Battle of Zendikar, attack it immediately, flip it. Oh, I've got Leland Binding. Like that deck I played a ton of and I'm getting really bored of. And so I was playing a lot of the Cascade deck, which is so fun. Uh, where you're playing Invasion of Alara into cascading into Bramble Familiar, but casting the seven drop side to mm-hmm. then be like, cool, I'm flipping into an Atraxa or an Atali or Virtue of Persistence to then reanimate my Phyrexian Flush Gorgers or anything else. With the Cemetery Des- Desecrator, that card was dog tier, 23 cents. A card is bad. Unplayable. Unplayable. But when you bring it back, like when you have it come to the battlefield, you exile a herd migration to then remove seven counters exactly from Invasion of Alara to make a copy of it, to then remove something else. You're literally wiping the whole board immediately. It's so fun. Isn't but, Invasion of Alara like cascade into two creatures also? Uh, two cards. Two cards. So two it's cards. Like, one you cast, one you put in your hand. Yeah, it's just like... You get that guy, and then you like put like the best card and like one of the best cards in your deck could be like an attractor or whatever into your hand, and you have the mana to play it. Well, it has to be less than four. 
Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. so it's only grabbing. That's why you only hit Bramble Familiar. You basically flip your deck until you hit a Blair Bramble Familiar. Yeah, right. And it's like honestly utilizing Bramble Familiar to like the full potential. There's no deck using this card like what we wanted it to do. Like this deck is. Yeah, the only thing that I think if I were to make edits to the deck and tweak it is to uh, put in a second go for the throat because if you hit two Bramble Familiars. The other one has to go to your hand, which means you can't flip into it later. And that means you have to cast it for seven. And so sometimes the deck gets clunky. Like if you had one in your starting hand and then they kill it and then you flip into one and then grab the other one into your hand, you only have one target left to do the thing. Yeah. Can make it a little difficult. So I think that it needs another card or two that to stop that from happening. Well, doesn't, uh, I can't remember what Image of Lara does off the top of my head because it's like four paragraphs, but don't you get to cast a free spell when you flip it over? When you flip it over, uh, Awake the Maelstrom is the name of the card. You pick a player to draw two cards. You then have the ability to put a artifact from your hand onto the battlefield. You can destroy a target permanent that your opponent controls and then you make a copy of a permanent that you have then you get to put up to three counters on different permanents that you have so that that's what the card does a lot of things what (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had to read that one while frank was pulling it uh describing it i was uh pulling it up on my phone wow yeah so i um i must be misremembering because i'm the last time i played standard on Arena, I was playing all the Portals of Phyrexia decks. Oh, sure. And so I was remembering cards cheating that in. And I was like, Invasion of Alara did something like that, I think. Whatever. I don't know. But yeah, it puts an artifact from your hand into play, right? But it doesn't let you cast a spell, which sucks. Because I thought you were getting to cast like a Bramble Familiar adventure. But yeah, still, like, that is so much. Like, destroy everything, make my guys big, put whatever into play. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, like, honestly, just the fact that you get to cascade into, like, your best spells... Because you're designing the deck as such. I don't know, man. This deck is kind of crazy. Like, I feel like you're right, though. Uh, there's definitely got to be some tweaks because it is pretty low in the meta. Like, pretty low in the meta. But as far as fun decks go, it's not as good as the ramp deck, but it is quite powerful. And when you're playing it, you're like, this is dumb. <laughs> well, and I usually feel like I'm beating the ramp deck because my thing happens on turn five, mm-hmm. where they have to continue ramping yeah. at least until I think turn five or six. Yeah. Because it's been low on the meta share and more people in lower elo, because now that I'm diamond, I just started getting back to like my bronze. I think I got gold last time just by playing a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now I need to have my constructed rank yeah my limited rank yeah it's hard uh, to keep them both because like you, you gotta it's like the, it's only for one month man like who has the time but right and um, that was my problem was that i almost was diamond in limited last month and then it reset and i was like oh yeah so close but uh i've also been playing a lot of the band control because i love beans i play blue white control already in pioneer i want uh, band control to be a thing in Pioneer. So that deck is everything that I would want for a control deck to be, minus not having Teferi, big Teferi. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I think the deck is super fun. Really, really love it. Yeah. But before we get into more standard, let's uh, hit a bit of housekeeping. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as you guys know, we are Tales from the Tap, and it's your boy, Frank and Stan. And uh, the more, more than anything, if you guys want to support us, we really appreciate it if you hit us with the Patreon. Different tiers, I don't remember all the names of them, but 
even just like a couple bucks is a, is a huge support to us to keep the lights on, keep the content fresh, keep our energy high. But if you guys want to do like deck tags or if you want to even get some coaching with us, we're doing a lot more streaming now. So we're going to be streaming a lot more of that and posting our VODs on YouTube. I know Frank's already been doing a lot of streaming on Twitch. If you guys want to hit us with a follow, we'd really appreciate it just to get our um, numbers up for potentially hitting some affiliate. The site's going to die. You got to give. Yeah, you got to give. <laughs> For those of you guys that watch, I think you should leave. It's one of our favorite shows. But uh, <laughs> in general, like if you want to follow us on Twitch, we really appreciate it. Just to give us the follow. Uh, you don't even have to watch. If you're busy, we understand you guys are all you guys are all working and stuff. Like like I said, Frank has uh, been streaming. We're uploading the VODs on Twitch. When we do our coaching sessions, we're going to probably start streaming them as well so that we can get outside feedback for you in case we miss anything. But on top of that, we'll be able to post the VODs onto our VOD uh, channel on YouTube that we're going to be posting up pretty soon. And that way you can always see the re um the the recap you can watch it again on your own if you want to get some notes down that you didn't get the first time or honestly a lot of times when i'm getting a coaching session like myself or if i'm trying to study being there in the moment isn't as easy as being an outsider looking in so being an outsider to your own coaching session can honestly be a really big boon in terms of like getting the most out of it. So like I said, if you guys want to support us on Patreon, really appreciate it. If you could give us a follow on, on Twitch, just trying to get that going and a subscribe on YouTube. It's all, it's free. It, it would really, we'd really appreciate it. And you can always check out our spread shop where we got custom shirts that Frank has designed. One of my favorite ones as a Hispanic person, he posted experiment Juan. It is my boy doing a little dance with a sombrero. It's kind of, kind of awesome. And, uh, Got I'm me always, banned somewhere. Yeah, that's true. You did get, oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, short side story. This website got really mad at us because apparently they thought we were being racist, but they don't know that the podcast is one fourth Mexican. Uh, <laughs> we fully support it. Well, and it's a ooze. I didn't know oozes can't be Hispanic. That's true. So, yeah, so sorry. That's true. Hey, you know what? I have some oozes in the family. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, you can check out our spread shop if you want. There was just a sale on the website last week. So sometimes that website does some flash sales. You can always check it out there. I'm sure they have like an email package. And then uh, check me out on Twitter. I'm always posting some stuff there, trying to keep the memes fresh. You know, liking my posts on Twitter is free and I really appreciate it. It makes me feel a little special. <laughs> Anyways, um, the next thing we're going to talk about is some uh, ban and restricted updates, unless I miss anything. I did have one thing that I wanted to talk about with housekeeping. If you do love the show and want to support the show, not only are some of my Mimi magic stuff up in the spread shop, but you also can get four different types of logos for our show in the form of shirts, mugs, stickers, whatever. If you like just the podcast, we have a ton of different podcast merch up on there as well. Awesome. I actually didn't know about that. I might have to get a mug. With that being said, though, uh, some banned and restricted updates. We do have the once a set. I think it's it once a set or twice a set. I can't remember now. They, they change it all the time. One month after every set. One month after every set. I've been in the game for so long. They've changed the BNR the way it works for so many times. I thought they changed to like eight times a year at one point. Uh, I don't know if we're still doing that or if it's like five times a year now. But uh, if you know, let me know in the comments and you can flame me for not remembering this as a store owner. I should probably keep it in. I think it's actually once a year, they will have a yearly banned and restricted every summer, which we just had. And then they allow a window within 30 days of each set to make a readjustment. Yeah, I think the last one I remember actively caring about was like a long time ago at this point, but I, I remember it was like BNR once per set, and then they were like, man, that's not enough. We're going to do it 
eight times a year and we're going to do it twice now. So we have that opening. And I was like, that's cool because like I get patch notes on League of Legends like once every three weeks. So I think that they should update the game more. With that being said, we're rambling a little bit. Uh, there is one coming up because uh, Eldrin has been out for a month now. It feels not that long, but honestly, it's just probably because of how fun the format is that we lost track of time. I have some takes on what changes could happen. Although I didn't do my homework on Legacy, I haven't really been looking at Legacy at all lately. We can't keep up with all formats, people. It is a little bit rough sometimes. Not saying Legacy's dead. I just, uh, it's kind of dead. I'm just kidding. Especially in the Midwest, it's Hashtag not dead. Hashtag wizards. I mean, that's what they said. <laughs> you know, they canceled Legacy in the RCs, but, you know, we still love it out here in the Midwest. It's fine. <laughs> um, with that being said, I don't really have any takes for Legacy, but Modern Standard Pioneer. Let me hit you with my takes. Let's see if Frank agrees or disagrees, and then we'll argue about it. Uh, in Modern think you're a boomer if you think they should ban anything. A lot of boomers on Twitter have been posting their boomer takes, and I'm going to hit you with the hot ones. Modern is fine. If you don't like modern, you're bad at magic. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not that hot. I've, like, I think one of uh, my old favorite players, Tom Martell, posted on Twitter and was like, I just played modern for the first time in seven years, and I did not have fun at all. And it's like, okay, but you haven't played modern in seven years. Like, how are you going to have fun? You haven't played. You have to play the game to be good at the game, especially modern. What have we talked about all the time? It rewards you for knowing the meta, knowing the cards, knowing the game, and knowing your deck. You haven't played for seven years? Brother, the meta looked different even like six years ago, five years ago, four years ago. Like, what? What if you haven't kept up? Like, then you haven't kept up. That's fine, you know? But like, we can't be playing Boomer Jund forever, you know? So like, Blue Light Control's not good anymore. Sorry. I think my favorite take was Andre Mangucci, who is a legend and based and gorgeous. Um, and I just add. made the Pro Tour. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Playing limited. Great player. plays everything. He's just so good and his scarf is awesome. But uh, Andrea posted that uh, he thinks Modern should have no changes and that uh, people are just kind of mad that they're losing. I completely agree. I think that a lot of times in Magic, you lose and you feel bad when you lose to something. Like uh, back in the day, I used to hear all the time, oh, Tron is so easy to play. Tron should be banned. Man, Tron is so broken. It's like all from the same mid-range players. Okay, cool. But if you play Burn, I can never beat you. So like, should they ban Burn? Because I can't beat Burn. You know what I mean? Um, actually, modern. Just, sorry, side tangent. I have only been able to play once in our modern league this season. And there was someone at our shop who probably doesn't listen to our podcast at all that was like, gosh, I've just been playing Tron against Tron for the past five years. I'm so tired of this deck. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, that's because you play seven different versions of Asmo combo and you can't tap the cookbook yeah if i have a car now right like i don't know yeah <laughs> it's, it, it's just weird to me like no, nothing nothing new about neutron with one ring has anything to do with karn having the same static ability not to mention like so standard has like maybe five decks that matter but modern has like 30 you know like realistically like if you go to a tournament there's three decks that really matter and then there's like 20 decks you can run into are you gonna be mad that you lost to mill because your deck can't beat mill or yes oh inf- <laughs> yeah. oh no they should ban infect because my deck can't beat infect it's like okay some matchups are gonna be bad it just is what it is i just don't subscribe to the belief that just because you got scammed they should ban scam they should ban scam if it's way too good and it has way too much of a meta share which i currently don't think it does however if they were to make a ban in scam because it's i think 20 percent of the meta right now which I think is fine. I think 20% is reasonable. Let me be clear. If they were to make a ban to the deck, I think it would not be grief. 
Dothy Voidwalker would make more sense to me, only because it would actually nerf the deck in terms of power level. Like a lot of our guys play uh, Scam here. You you would not believe the amount of times I've seen Dothy Voidwalker hit a Crashing Footfalls, and then the second Dothy Voidwalker hits the same Crashing Footfalls, and now the Rhinos player is getting beat by his own Rhinos. Or me as the Charm player, they just happen to have a Thought Seize to turn ahead of Olomog in my hand, and now the game's over. And that's kind of really their way to stay in the game past the scam. If they scam and you have enough to be in stock, then you're going to beat them. Four Color kind of already beats Scam, unless they have a really bad hand. And Tron kind of keeps four color in check. And honestly, Tron even has a decent matchup against Scam if you play Dismember. So I think the format's in a fine spot. There's a lot of cool decks to play. And you can even play a fringe deck and still win. Like, I think one of our guys, we we convinced a guy to play Modern and let him borrow Mill. And he did pretty well. He did like two and two for not playing Modern in like a year. And he only lost to like Burn. And it was another fast deck. I think it was Yawgmoth. But not Tron, you know, you can't lose to Tron with Mill typically unless they get really lucky on the Coslick triggers if they're even sideboarding a Coslick. So I don't know. I think Modern's fine. I think that if you're complaining about Modern, you're just having some bad beats or you just don't enjoy magic as much as you think you do. Um, Modern hasn't really been bad. Uh, I mean, debatably, you could say that Evokes are too strong, but like Modern's always been a high power format. Maybe Modern Horizons kind of expedited that, but. I don't know. Personally, I think the format's in a good spot. I think Up to Beanstalk is a good card and it's going to start making changes soon. Just people are still experimenting and nobody's found like the proper Up to Beanstalk list besides the four color deck. And there's no Yorion, so it's not really that simple. You have to find a good 60. You can't just put everything in the deck. I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about Modern. Uh, before I jump into the other formats, did you have any opinions on it? No, I think that I think that it's in a healthy spot, as you're saying. If you have the ability to play... 30 different decks and all of them some of them have really great matchups against the others it just shows that the format is kind of healthy and i think that if there was a take for scam i think dothy's a good one the other thing i keep hearing around the twitter sphere and um the magic sphere is wanting to get rid of fury only for the sake of allowing creature decks to come back into the format mm-hmm. like creature aggro yeah. because creature aggro has just been gone for just such a long time right and i felt that as when i first started playing modern and i was playing yogmoth and oh i go dork 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 my whole board is blown up by fury and i've lost yeah. the game now like that feels terrible and i think that that not for the sake of Gosh, Fury is so overpowered. But if they wanted the format to bring creature aggro decks back in, I right. think that'd be a way to do it. That's just such a better take, too. Like, if you're saying, what should we do for modern? What should it look like? It's so much different than, oh, I hate this deck. I'm oh, so, right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm tired of this. Like, you if you're going to punch a hole in your monitor because the arena shuffle is rigged, I'm right there with you, man. I'm tired of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, <laughs> there's a, there's going to be variants. You know? Well, But getting rid of Fury you, to, like, allow for creatures, it really does make sense. Because, like, humans is... Even with all the guys that they got with Ward and Indestructible, I was like, yo, humans is back. Wrong. No, no, wrong. I think that you hating a card because it hates out your favorite deck that you want to play is not a real reason to ban a card. Right. It's not looking across the format as a whole. And that's what Magic is trying to do, rightfully so. So go back to spamming and edging, spiking people that don't know what you're doing in mtgo because regular magic is not for you uh this yeah is- it kind of reminds me of like karn and pioneer people really want karn gone and pioneer and like it's 
punishing artifact decks. It's like the third best deck in the format is an artifact deck. What are you talking about? But uh, I mean, obviously there's like a little bit of a difference there, but like Racto Sacrifice was never supposed to come back in Pioneer because of Karn and it, it came back anyway. It was like, I don't care about Karn. Well, we'll save that because I've got hot, I've got takes for that. For sure. Uh, but the other thing that I wanted to say about Modern, and this is my hot take, is that I'm hoping that the magic ether has listened to us about unbanning things and that yes. preordain was a test that has gone successfully and not overpowered the format or right. not overpowered uh the format and so that i'm thinking i wouldn't even it say changes um, un- I, w- un- I was gonna say i wouldn't even say overpowered is the right word i was i would say format dynamic health health in general like modern is always going to be overpowered if you if you if you really put like the definition of the word to paper, modern is just overpowered. I mean, sometimes modern decks can even compete with legacy. It's just that is the nature of the beast. But how do we make it so the format is interactable, fun, interesting, and so, like like you said with Fury, it's like maybe it's not fun because Fury exists for sure in Unban. I definitely agree. Like we need to see some more cards because I think Preordain was just the beginning. Deathrite Shaman, Deathrite Shaman, bro. Like, you know, if they wanted to ban Fury, they could give us back Punishing Fire. It's a way worse Fury. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, I'll let you finish your point. No, that was the point, was I think my hot take is that Preordain was a test for starting to unban cards that are no longer too powerful and bringing them back into the format. Yeah, we need and it. So I'm hoping that that is, if there will be a change to modern, it's just to bring us more cards. Yeah, 100%. I would love if there was just no modern changes or unbanned, like Deathrite Shaman. Uh, it can't be Splinter Twin or Birthing Pot, in my opinion. I think I still think those cards are too good. But like Artifact Lands, honestly, I'm being completely honest. I think Artifact Lands are fine. I know people are really scared, but like people were really scared of Bitter Blossom and that was pre-banned, you know, like Jace the Mind Sculptor, we were really scared about even pros like LSV was like, Bloodbraid Off doesn't matter. Jace the Mind Sculptor is unbanned. The whole format's crazy. And then Jace did absolutely nothing. And actually Bloodbraid Off was really, really good for a long time. It's not really as good as it is anymore now, but like it was kicking ass and taking names way more than jace was when they both got unbanned i don't know i think people need to relax not to mention like here's the thing every other game ever has like passion notes like once a month what is the problem with a ggt i really don't think it's that big a deal to like unban a card have it around for a year and then be like you know what it's still too good or um Gogart grave troll it wasn't even too good it got unbanned it was fine and then shadows over in the shot came out we got prized amalgam uh cathartic reunion and all these cards and then it was like, okay, now it's too good. Ban it again. But if you look at Dredge now, it's like Dredge is struggling. We could probably unban Gogart Grave Troll again and give him a try. Maybe it's too good. But with the amount of graveyard hate in the format, like Dothy Voidwalker, Laid Out of the Void, you know, like every other one-mana artifact that exists now, Urza Saga gets them for free. I think, like, it could be an interesting try. I think Gogart Grave Troll could be a good try right now, and the Dredge players are probably, you know, suffering. We're never going to get Kogek back for these guys, you know, so, like... They can't even mend fine. Faithless Looting realistically can't come back because of Persist now. So all the fair decks playing Faithless Looting, like Hollow One and stuff, they can't really do their thing anymore. Fair, quote unquote, but it is kind of fair compared to what Modern is. But Gregard Grave Troll, Deathrite Shaman, stuff like that, maybe we could see some stuff, you know? Um, personally, I'd like to see it. And uh, I don't know, was there any card specifically you were into? No, nothing specifically. I don't know Modern well enough, but I can't think of a world where like, 
Death Rite Shaman or, as you mentioned, Golgari Grave Troll. I don't. I don't think those cards are so broken as it's. It's just going to crush what's currently in modern right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't know. Like, I could see a world where Death of Shaman is too good, but I just don't think it's right now. I think that Delighted Halfling was proof that Death Rite Shaman is fine. Um, if anything, those decks that would play Death Rite Shaman probably need help right now. I don't think Death Rite Shaman is good for Scam. I think it's good against Scam. So there's an argument there. If you don't like Scam, Death Rite Shaman probably helps you there. It might even bring back some GB Rocks, some mid-range, or even just like if control decks want to play it. I'd love to see some Leyline Binding, five-color control decks that are like, well, now we can play Death Rite Shaman in the control decks and see how that goes. Kind of like how Legacy used to look when Leovold was the best deck and they ended up having to ban them and Death Rite Shaman in Legacy because... Oh, sorry, they didn't ban Leovold. They banned Death Rite Shaman because the deck was like four-color good stuff, all the best stuff. Death Rite Shaman was just enabling it so well. But at the at the same time, that format is way different than modern. Like stuff that crushes Legacy is honestly sometimes pretty mid in modern. Delver of Secrets, for example, crushes Legacy, just not good in modern, never has been good in modern. No. So like there's just different ways to look at the formats. And I just think that giving the magic bnr team some breathing room to be like hey we're gonna let you guys cook as opposed to being like they're absolutely wrong and only my take is correct you know like i'm willing to be wrong on some of my takes too but like i'm gonna try to voice them in a reasonable way where i'm like come on guys like what's the real take here with the format what do you want modern to look like do you want modern to look like uh sometimes i make the joke when i walk around the store talking to people i'll see somebody playing a card that i really like like i think somebody was playing flip shieldred it was Pioneer, I want to say. So I was like, Brian, tonight. Oh, was it? Because I swear I saw it last week too. So I saw it last week. Brian was playing Flip Shieldred. And I was like, oh my God, Flip Shieldred. They should ban cards until that's the best card. In the, you know, like that's, <laughs> until that's the meta game, you know. And then uh, Tommy was like, uh, shout out to Tommy, who was on one of, our, one of our episodes many moons ago. Tommy was like, they, they would have more cards banned than unbanned. So I was like, yeah, you're right. I should just play standard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like I said, like there's just like you can ban, you can make an argument to ban anything. You got to think about what's good for the format, which kind of leads me into Pioneer if you're ready to segue into that. Yeah. Uh, well, did we talk about standard? Uh, well, I was going to do Pioneer, then Standard, because then Standard, we can jump into the metagame. Deal. Um, so for Pioneer, I just feel like it's kind of the same as Modern for me. The last big event we had was the RC, but there's no RCQ. RCQ season ended. Um, there's no real big Pioneer events going on right now. So like the RC happened, but I think the RC was too soon to like wilds coming out for people to really be like oh i'm gonna change my deck for the rc with wilds of train like i don't see the incentive if you're already stuck on a good deck why you would pivot hard into a wilds of eldrain cards when the rc is like probably most likely going to be tried and tested like monogreen devotion is tried and tested and true you're going to hard pivot because wilds of eldrain came out or are you going to play the championship with a consistent deck that you already kind of trust same with Rakdos mid-range, same with Spirits. Like maybe you add a card or two from the sideboard or um, some wild cards helped you out in the same archetype. But I just can't see people brewing and going to the regional championship, not even like the Pro Tour, with like a brew deck, you know? So I don't really consider that um, an indication of the format being stagnant because whenever I look online, people are brewing all the time. And when I look on uh, the preliminaries and stuff on Moto, people are doing all kinds of stuff with Pioneer. I think the format is in a pretty good spot. 
pretty brewable. We have Ixalan about to come out around the corner in a month. I don't see the purpose of banning like four cards because like realistically, that's what you have to do, right? Like you can't just ban Karn. It has to be like Karn and Fable and then what else? Because if you just ban Karn and Fable, then X, Y, and Z other decks are going to be too good. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Are you mad that you're losing to a deck or are you mad that this deck is genuinely too good? Is Mono Green so good that it pushes all the other decks out of the format? Or is it like, for example, there was a standard when they banned Reflector Mage, Smuggler's Copter, Emrakul, or... Yeah, Emrakul, Smuggler's Copter, Reflector Mage. I can't remember. It was like three bands in one. But they had to do all three because they were like, listen, these two decks are way too good. But this third card is way too good in this fourth deck that it's going to crush if these two decks don't exist. And we were like, okay, cool, that makes sense. And they were right. The format was solid after. But... You could have the same problem you did last time in Standard when they were like, we're going to ban uh, Field of the Dead because these these uh, these decks are too good. Okay, well, now Oko's too good. Okay, well, we're going to ban Oko too. Okay, well, now this other card is too good. So they were just like chain banning stuff because they wouldn't like address all the problems at once. And that's kind of how I feel with Pioneer. I feel like if you pull out one piece of the Jenga, the whole tower is going to collapse. And I'm worried that people are not acknowledging that these other decks are playable and could easily be too good if... You ban out Nykthos, if you ban out Karn, Fable, maybe Lotus Field is too good, or maybe Blue Eye Control is too good with like five color Beanstalk or whatever. Uh, maybe Niftalite crushes the format because there's nothing keeping it in check. So that's the only thing I would think about as a Magic player right now is like, is it genuinely too powerful? Is Mono Green that problematic that we need to cancel it? You know what I mean? Or is there the ability to wait another month because like realistically we're waiting what one one or two more months to get some Ixalan cards in the meta see if that shakes anything up and if it doesn't then we're only like 28 days away from a chance to ban again so obviously you can make that argument for every set but if the format is stable then keep it stable right i don't know i it's just kind of the way i look at it i could be wrong maybe they disagree with me and they do ban out some cards for pioneer but in general i feel the same about pioneer as i do about modern i love the formats i enjoy them and i like brewing decks in them right now yeah i don't think that they're gonna make any bans in pioneer but i think that's mainly because there aren't eyes on it anymore like the rc Mm. is not going to happen until the winter which will already be post ixalan so those cards will be legal so i think that there will be more meta on mcgo that is starting to shake out come ixalan finishing but part of what you said earlier we were like oh well ractus is coming back into the meta I don't actually think that Rakdos got any better or that people are playing it more. I just think that people are tired of playing mono green because it's really good and consistent and usually just beats the crap out of most decks most of the time. And so I think that people are brewing more and Rakdos midrange is very consistent at being like, oh, you're trying to do this creature thing with combo whatever, or oh, you're playing some type of other combo with Kinnon and... Atraxa, Rona, making a million mana, well, a Thought Seize could really ruin that plan. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think that Rakdos got any better and Monogreen got any worse. I just think that people got tired of playing the deck because it's not for any stakes right now. So no, you don't need to play yeah. the deck that's copy, cut, paste right. every single game that you play of it. So people are brewing and Rakdos decks are preying on the bruise yeah that's what i think is happening in the meta right now well so i guess I, I, uh, I should clarify i meant right to sacrifice because like mid-range has 
already been the better deck. I think it's better than green. And the meta share has been like Rakdos, green, and then third and fourth deck. But in the last couple of months, we've seen Sacrifice just keep climbing. And now Sacrifice, as opposed to Rakdos midrange, has been like the third most played deck according to like the analytics. Who knows how true that is, but the Sacrifice version, before it got to like that point, everybody was like, oh yeah, you can't play that deck anymore. And I remember playing like Jun Sacrifice, Rakdos Sacrifice uh, with your own cards, etc. Before uh, Mono Green became like this dominant deck and then seeing it leave the meta completely even with Neon Dynasty giving it cards, and then, like, it never came back. And I was like, oh, I wonder why that is. And people were like, oh, it's Karn. And then it ended up coming back anyway through Karn. It's kind of like what I was getting at. But, yeah, no, I agree. Like, Rakdos is just so consistent. And, it, and it's, fun, it's funny because it's, 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 it's the same in both formats where Rakdos is just so dominant for completely different reasons. But, like you said, Thoughtseize is probably one of the strongest cards in Pioneer. I think it's still one of the strongest cards in Modern. If you're playing something jank, Thoughtseize is going to punish you. If you're playing a combo deck and you're bad at it, Thoughtseize is going to punish you. And if you're playing a creature deck, removal is going to punish you. Which is funny because blue-white has kind of been struggling, but like the black removal has just been so consistent. On top of that, you have Shieldred, and Shieldred just ends games. Yeah, so that's really what I think is going to happen with Pioneer. I don't think much is going to change. I think the biggest problem is not necessarily Karn, but a lot of aggro strategies just lose to mono green because when they can put a four four down on two and then a five six down on three and the four four is trampling and the five six has reach and now pelucranos has reach that's why phoenix got pushed out of the format because what do your phoenixes do against a four five pelucranos or a five six cavalier thorns it just loses is what it does and that's why you can get lucky or do well with spirits, not because spirits are strong, but because you have shackle guys which can tap down the reachers. But if they if they get two reachers, you just cry and lose. Yeah. So it's like that. That's what I think is since Winota and that deck being so aggro got pushed out of Pioneer. Monogreen has just kind of taken its place as being like, well, that deck was so fast that you just couldn't interact. Well, this deck just has all the tools, beat down, reachers, yeah. plus a combo. Win. Honestly, the combo. Like, if they want to ban the combo, I would be totally fine with that. Oh, yeah, because you still have the ability to have Karn just be a toolbox. Right. Oh, you need a Pithing Needle? Cool, you've got it. Oh, you need a Cityscape Leveler and you've got a million mana? You've got it. Yeah. Oh, you want to stop control? Here's the Stone uh, Rain or whatever, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I was I was thinking of the big statue. Oh yeah, God for a statue. Yeah, that's what I like. So Pioneer Karn package is so bad. Like really, like the best card is Haywire Might because he's my boy. <laughs> but, like because he's my son. Yeah, that's my child. <laughs> I will defend him. But like realistically, like the Karn cyber package in Pioneer is so bad. If you get rid of Pestling Cauldron. And I, honestly, I'd even argue like the chain veil, like just ban them both. There's no positive impact of those two cards in the format. There's no deck that's playing them. You know, like for example, grief. I was like, don't ban grief. Living in is already struggling. You know what I mean? Don't ban grief. They're dying. These poor living in players. <laughs> they have a family. I'm trying to pray for them. <laughs> Frank had to change the Tron, and now he DMs me every day. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, you got to think about all the decks when you ban a card, right? <laughs> and Pedro Cauldron is not getting played in any Kogari Rock deck, and nobody's playing the Chain Veil in like a Jeskai Planeswalkers deck with Sarkin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just get rid of them. 
if you're going to ban something and let let's see what happens to the Karn players when they can't go uh, demonstrate the loop. Uh, <laughs> is that good enough? <laughs> is it? Will you concede? Do I get two triggers when my five drop enters with Kiora? <laughs> yeah, you do. State based <laughs> actions, buddy. I scoop. Just kidding. But um, no, seriously, it's like. If they want to get rid of something, I'd be happy with them getting rid of the combo. Uh, I still think Bundle Green is just as good without it. If anything, it might even incentivize players to go, man, my current package is not that good. Maybe I cut it, you know? Um, I would like if Bundle Green was actually Bundle Green, like when Nyctos first came out. Like, I would play that standard deck where you know, like Garrick, Color Beast, Colonian Hydra, Mist Cutter Hydra, stuff like that. World Spine Worm. That'd be cool, but like, I just, I don't know. I think Pioneer is too stable to like... Just start axing stuff. It's like my biggest point. If you ban anything, you might ruin the whole format. Maybe the right answer is Karn Fable, and then maybe the format is stable, or maybe Rakdos completely leaves the meta, and you only got like Mono Black, and then Lotus Field is unchecked. Who knows? I just don't really realistically see where the format goes after, and I think people need to be cognizant of that. Now, just to talk about Standard before we get into more of Standard, but... I think that there could be a potential ban in Standard, but what do you think? That's interesting. So I think the ban list currently looks like Fable the Mirror Breaker, Reckoner Bankbuster, Invoke Despair, Meat Hook Massacre. So a couple black cards, a red card, go figure, Rectos. Uh, and then a card that goes everywhere, kind of like a Smuggler's Copter almost. Very mid-rangey though. So Standard is pretty leaning hard into mid-range, even more than Control. So Reckoner Bankbuster really facilitates that. Even gets played in Pioneer. Uh, I don't think anything gets unbanned because, one, there's not really a lot of incentive for them to unban a card and then get flamed by the community where they're incorrect if they do unban a card and they're wrong. Mihic Massacre definitely pushes out a lot of the aggro decks because of the life gain. And there's been a lot of aggro decks in the format that looks really, really nice. So I think it's probably best that Mihic Massacre stays banned. That was a ban I initially was unhappy with, but now how the format looks now with Wilds of Eldraine, I'm really happy it's banned. Invoke Despair, probably the same thing. Mid-range black decks, or just mid-range in general decks, are so good. That card's not going to be healthy for the format. And Fable the Mirror Breaker is a modern playable card. And like by modern playable, I mean the best deck in the format plays it. So like it's probably way too good for standard, unfortunately. So the bands make sense, like usual. Common W take from the BNR team, you know, <laughs> sorry. If you disagree with them, you're usually wrong. Format looks good. I don't know if I want to ban anything personally. Um, I know you said you think there's going to be a ban. So I guess if I have to think about a ban, uh, I, I, I personally, I think the format's fine. Like the red aggro deck is good. Second most played deck. Blue white aggro deck. Soldiers is third most played deck. Good. And then after that, it's like a bunch of mid-range decks, like a ton of mid-range decks and then like the white aggro deck is like 12th most played or something like that so i think the format's in a good spot personally like ramp then aggro 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 mid-range 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 uh controls control decks are all the way down at the bottom like eighth most played seventh most played so i don't really think sanders in a bad spot right now but i guess let's see what card you're talking about yeah so here is what i would describe like, I know that not all of the top tier decks are playing this card, but there is approximately 21% of the meta is playing Atraxa Grand Unifier, right? Mm, that deck. Atraxa. Yeah, Atraxa. So Atraxa is in the top deck, which is 14.1% of the meta, four color ramp. Then getting to the eighth best deck, four color control, which is 5% of the meta, is also playing Atraxa. And then the 12th best deck, Cascade, 
is also playing Draxa. And I think that the card is, it's being played in Pioneer. There are some reanimator versions that are playing it in modern. It's kind yeah. of like a mini version of... I mean, it's even played in Legacy. It replaced uh, Grizzlebrand in the reanimator package. And that's what I was going to say, is the card kind of feels like Grizzlebrand, but sometimes better, sometimes worse. Yeah. Kind of depending on the matchup and what's what's happening. But I think most times better, honestly. I think that was even Mangucci's take. He's like, bye-bye, Grizzlebrand. <laughs> yeah, so... That's the only thing that I could see getting a ban is like if I'm playing against mono red and oop look my attractive comes onto the field if it's if you're not hitting me with a bolt to end me that way you've lost yeah so I guess that makes sense I think the only qualm I would have is um it feels like right now because I've been playing a lot of mono red right the only deck I've been playing when my opponents get to Atrexa, if they do because I haven't already killed them, because their decks are bad, because they're playing Invasion of uh, Zendikar. <laughs> but when I if I haven't killed them by the time they get a Trexa, they're usually like at one or two, and then like I could even like attack and bolt the guy they block type of games. So like if I can't bolt you, I can bolt the guy you blocked, you lost. And so personally, I haven't seen it where a Trexa is too good against me as a mono red player. Maybe the average player has a, a harder time, or maybe uh i've just been getting good variants for my draws because the arena, arena shuffler is bugged and it's always in my favor always but uh, <laughs> uh until i punch a hole in my monitor <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't know i i guess i can see what you're saying like atrexa is kind of kind of a crazy card and if she is really that powerful to the point where all the decks are getting to cheese her out maybe ixalan even facilitates that even more so I think you're right. That's like a card to keep an eye on. Although currently, I think it's probably fine. Although, yeah, that that, is, that does make sense. That's like there's no other card I can think of that's that crazy, you know, besides Atraxa, which is like a pretty powerful bomb. But like we said, um, besides the four color ramp deck, which honestly is really good because of all the supporting cards like Leyline Binding and such, even Invasion of Santa Card, which a lot, a lot of the decks are playing, it's it's really just for the four mana search. So it's almost like they're all playing. Um, what's it called uh, explosive vegetations because n- nobody ever flips it you get like four four mana dork or something i think with vigilance it's like it's so bad as opposed to like flipping your invasion of alara where you're like wow yes and now we're talking 14 sentences yeah you just care about it you do care about it though very heavily in the monogreen matchup because every deck that is playing invasion of zendikar is also playing topiary stomper and so what you do is that you Topiary Stomper on turn three, which then gets you a land immediately. You're at four. You then, the next turn, play your Explosive Vegetation, plus you play a land for turn. That's seven. So then you're attacking with Vigilance in for four. four to the battle, Monored's not blocking it because they're not losing a creature to your Topiary Stomper. And then you have two four fours on turn five, yeah. which is pretty bad for mono red to be like, okay, how do I get around two four fours on turn five? Like if I have, if, I think like, mono red's the wrong one there. And maybe you want to white I, I'm mono red. I'm like, okay, you went topiary stomp on three turn four Zendikar uh, invasion. You're dead. At least that's how the way it's been in for my experience. Cause like turn one Swiss spear, turn two, Swiss Spear Monstrous Rage or whatever, or maybe turn one, Kumena faces Kakazan, turn two, Swiss Spear, get a counter, Monstrous Rage. Like, there's just so much damage coming in. And if you get, like, a turn three Godric, that guy flies. So, like, he flies over the Topiary Stomper and the Invasion. Getting the kill on turn four is easy already. Getting the kill on turn five 
with a little bit of stairs, to me at least, has been like not that bad. As opposed to like maybe maybe that's way too fast for like Ogari mid-range or Mana White to deal with. But I think those decks have like different spells to support their deck to deal with what's happening there. I don't know, maybe. I, I, I see where you're coming from though. Like I just don't think Invasion is crushing the red deck. No, it's not crushing. It's or sorry, it, it, uh, four, four color ramp, rather. Yeah, my bad. It's just if you're not killing them, if they can do the flip on turn four, it's a tough. Like you have to have it. Yeah. In red, or the game is over. Right. And vice versa. If you're on the draw, like if red's on the draw, mm-mm. like they're you have to kill them by three. Yeah. The only so, problem is they have to have something good early. I think there has to be like a two drop in there. Like, oh, they got the right triumphs, so Leyland Binding's live or something. <laughs> are they not playing Herd Migration? I don't know if that's just not happening against you, but are they not using Herd Migration to gain three life and also help them? Because that for me is the, the killer. Yeah, Herd Migration is like fine. They're but- turned to get get a land that they need to mm-hmm. play the thing on three and gain the, th- the, the, the important, they gain the three life with the land. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Every time it happens, it just usually it feels like, well, it wasn't Euro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think if it ramped them, probably I would be like way more scared. Sure. If it was like actually like a Euro, but because it's just like a lay the land. Okay, you gain three life. I've dealt you probably like seven or eight. And then I, that's with just the two lands. The third one's crushing. Because okay. I, like I said, this guy, this red deck really feels like the best red deck we've had in eight years since like Hazard red and there's just so many options like like uh like the four fours that are so scary we're playing uh Heary's, uh warcrafting or whatever it's called i can't remember the card but it's like deal five damage and then the overkill is extra spells for you oh yeah. like you just get so much late game with this red deck and that's what i like about it i'm like i don't care if you want to take me to four or five turns i'm gonna get late game out of it so like maybe this is like a red deck that you need experience to play like you need to have like a lot of good decision making and it's not like a burn where you're like up to the face to the face to the face yeah yeah so like that could be it maybe it could also be that like i only have mono red on arena so because i've been playing only that deck i like have the plan down against like every deck in the format like whatever they're gonna do to me i'm like yes i know what you i know what you do this is my plan against you your head explodes come on (laughs) yeah come on (laughs) but i could also be talking out of my butt uh, with that being said, though, I, th- I do think uh, you're right. If there is going to be a ban, it's definitely a Trexa. If they did ban a Trexa, I don't think the format really loses anything. There's still plenty of ramp payoffs. They can yeah, search the Topiary Stomper. Itali, Topiary Stomper, whatever, you know? I think uh, there's just so many things you can do right now. Even just like Flesh Gorger or whatever it's called, Phyrexian Flesh Gorger. Yeah. That card is awesome. So, <laughs> like seven, uh, seven, seven mana, seven, menace. five menace, lifelink, lifelink ward, pay life equal to its, its power. power. Yeah. You want to pay seven? Yeah. You want to pay, no. pay seven? See, now that card scares me as a burn player. I ain't touching that. That's a, uh, I ain't touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you got it, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I and what I mean by the whole Atraxa thing is I don't think that Atraxa is like for sure on the ban list. I do think Atraxa is look out for because I think it's potential. No, I don't for th- sure. I don't think that it's it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Yeah, I, I can uh, I can see definitely where you're coming from. Like, if it did happen, I'm like, eh. I personally like lean towards no bans always. Like, I'm always like a no ban, like team no ban. I'm out there with my sign, exclam, red, red, uh, red slash, but it's 
a red slash over a red slash. <laughs> uh, yeah, old man yells at Cloud. No bands ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for Hogak sure. was fine. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> too far, too no, far. No, no, no. We don't talk about that guy. You sure about that? I'm always happy to ban cards. You when sure he about it. that? <laughs> yeah, right. It goes both ways. <laughs> Speaking of like which, we've already kind of t- talked about it, but there's a lot of awesome decks in standard. Walls of Eldraine definitely had the impact we wanted it to have in standard. 20 weeks without a standard set. I mean, if you count Aftermath, I guess. But um, 20 weeks from March to Wilds, which is half a freaking year. Stop doing it, Wizards. It was just too much. <laughs> Commander Masters could have waited or whatever. Or Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord of the Rings is fine. Commander Masters could have waited. <laughs> whatever. I mean, come on, man. Like, Wilds of Eldraine needed to come out like a month earlier. But it is what it is. It makes sense now because Zendikar's going to... Or Exelon's going to come out at a good time. But, uh... Four color ramp, best deck in the format, really, really strong. I like it a lot because, uh, like you said, Torpier Stomper. My favorite parts about this deck is um, cards that facilitate your ramp are also payoffs. So Invasion of Zendikar is obviously the worst one as a payoff, but it's still something. Like if you flip it, you got a 4-4. That's not bad. Torpier Stomper already is a 4-4, and then he's ramping you with the extra lands. So not quite, uh, what's that dinosaur uh, that has like the same ability where you can play extra lands? It's not Tori Pieri Stomper, but there's another dinosaur that's really similar. Yeah. You get like you get to play an extra land every turn. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, but I can't help you. It's know. from like original Exelon, and I know I know I know it only because I sell it all the time for Commander players. They love that card. But Topiary Stomper, just a really good card, and obviously it can't attack or block until you have seven or more lands. But until then, it has already ramped you. And it's a creature that you're going to have on the board for later. Problem is that it can't block until you have seven lands. So like the burn decks are just going to get through it. And so you really have to be ready. With that being said, besides Atrexa, you have some life gain in the form of Archangel of Wrath, which I already simp for angels in general. But Archangel of Wrath is one of the coolest cards we've seen in a while. It wasn't really doing anything at first. There was like a Mardu midrange deck, I think, that was kind of playing it. But it really wasn't that good. It was just because black is the best color. Archangel of Wrath's four mana, three, four flying lifelink. And then it has kicker, red, or black, and each of the kickers is uh, shock. So if you pay the black or the red or both, it's shock, shock, or shock, shock. I really like the card. I think it's really cool. It's also important to uh, realize that this is actually like more like a lightning helix because it's the angel doing the damage. So it's lifelink shock. Which is really important against the rednecks. Exactly. And not to mention it's any target. So you're killing guys or you're just getting rid of stuff that matters. And not to mention it's just a good good win condition. Like you get this angel and you chain into him. Four damage, four damage, four damage. That'll add up. It's like, uh, you know what? Siege Rhino? Goodbye. <laughs> this is my Siege Rhino. The other card we uh, mentioned earlier was Herd Migration. Seven mana, domain, create a 3-3 three, three for each basic land type you have. So in theory, it's seven mana, make five three threes which is 15 power the other ability it has is similar to magma opus where you can discard magma opus to get a treasure and then try to cast it out of your graveyard later this card has discard herd migration for green and one so two mana search your library for a basic land reveal it put it into your hand shuffle you get three life so lay the land plus three life two mana really good and then late game it's your payoff and then for the deck we were talking about cascade it's like do the thing, search for the land, put it in the graveyard, and that's my seven drop to exile with um, Cemetery... Uh, uh, cemetery Desecrator. Cemetery Desecrator to take seven counters off my battle, which is pretty powerful. Or just kill a creature. Yeah. Kill true. a creature. Oh, you've got a Liliana out. I'm going to remove all the counters from it. Yep. It's dead. 
And then, uh, of course, this deck plays the beans. beans. Uh, we love the beans. We um, love the beans in the pot. Leyland Binding triggers the beans. Achexa triggers the beans. Uh, does Kicker actually increase the cost for the beans? I can't remember. I do not think so because I think it's, it's like an, an extra alternate cost. cost. Yeah, it's an alternate cost. I just don't know if it does or not, but um, not sure. But I know Sunfall does. Her migration will. Atrexa will. Uh, Leyland Binding will. Sunfall will. Which Sunfall triggering your beans? Right, you're really getting nice. a creature from removing the creatures from the battlefield by getting the incubator token, and also drawing a card. Yep. That's disgusting. Yep. Plus, you need it now with virtue of persistence being in the format. Yeah, because Atrexa and Atali and whoever can be reanimated. You're like, I can't trust killing anything anymore like with depopulate which was the removal spell of choice because multicolored spells would draw people cards yeah nope can't it's do not, anymore. it has to be exiled. has to be sunfall has to be exiled because virtual persistence is dumb right speaking of which four color ramp does play virtual persistence it is the uh it seems to be one of the go-to cards for these decks where it's like we talked about removal plus like game win condition and not to life mention gain on the removal yeah life gain on the removal and it's an enchantment for uh atrexa's trigger where she hits uh different card types so these decks are going to have a lot of different card types you're going to see a mix of card types when atrexa's in the list just to make sure that they get good hits they really want to be getting three or four card draws off of the atrexa trigger to make sure the game is really close out that being said second best deck in the format mono red it's one of the best red decks we've seen in a long time i'm simping hard for this deck i think it recently went like eight and one in an online tournament it was crazy swiss beer phoenix chick super good charming scoundrel and godric from wilds of aldrain if you've been playing with these guys in limited they are very very good in this deck and godric's getting celebration all the time uh one of my favorite red cards of all time Used to be light up the stage. My new favorite red card of all time. Kumano faces Kakazan. Kumano faces Kakazan. I love this card. I, it is so I cool. You've talked about it like three or this four times in the, the podcast. This is the best card. I don't get. I don't every care. Every episode. <laughs> every episode. Kumano faces Kaka. I don't care. <laughs> it's every time. This is the best card. It's like literally. It's like one of my favorite cards of all time. It's just so good though. But. Exile comes back, trigger celebration. Like it's getting it done. Um, play with fire and uh, lightning strike. Good, good cards. Nahiri's Warcrafting, just like such a sick removal spell to like get their late game and and get some extra card draws that you need on top of the uh, ability to do that already with Felden, where if he takes damage, he's going to get cards off your deck for you. And then Bloodthirsty Adversary, we saw from Midnight Hunt. That whole cycle is really good. The uh, Intrepid one, the white one was really good for uh, white decks getting all their guys buffed. This one is like five mana. You play this guy, you give the counter, you get a free spell out of the graveyard. That free spell is like almost always winning the game. It's like Lightning Strike, Monster Strike, whatever you needed to do. Give everybody the monster roll, you know? Monster rolls everybody. It's awesome. Uh, Mistress Foundry, backup creature, man land just to get there sometimes. And then uh, Squee, my boy Squee. He is doing it every time he attacks he makes a guy and you can cast him out of the graveyard you can cast the phoenix chick out of the graveyard there's so many ways to make creatures in this deck that getting the trigger for phoenix chick having three attackers is so easy and then getting squee out of the graveyard as well hasn't really been hard for me godric getting celebration just ends games four mana or four four flyer with fire breathing if you even have the mana to cast a fire breathing because you're doing so much stuff already it's just a lot and uh I've been having a blast with this deck. The sideboard has some pretty cool stuff like Planeswalkers and whatnot, but like realistically, your 60 is so clean. It really is rare to see like 60 so clean that you don't want to sideboard in a lot of matchups. But if you're not sure what to sideboard with this deck, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, 
you'll kind of understand once you start playing the deck, like what cards are bad and why. And we'll talk about it more in maybe future episodes when we have more time to chat about it. But yeah, this deck, I can never, I can I can talk about this deck for, for an hour. <laughs> What's the next one on the list? I think it's uh, Soldiers. Soldiers. Yeah. Blue-White Soldiers. So it, it's been around a lot since uh, Brothers War was able to survive a lot during Mono Black being at its best. The ban on Meat Hook Massacre really like allowed for these two decks to flourish yeah, and be sure. able to like play. And I think that one of the things that makes this good, you basically have the, gosh, I can't remember the name of the card, but it gives you the ability to make all your soldiers fly. Oh, Harbin, I believe. Yeah, when you're attacking. Yeah, and so like it kind of gives guys. like a Cavalier of Thorns or like a Crater Hoof effect yeah. where it's like, oh, I swing with five. We're all airborne. And they Anthem. Yeah, game yeah. over. So that, that's been pretty sweet. And I think that a lot of these decks, the ramp, the mono red, the the only reason why I fight you a little bit on the whole you hating on mono white so much is because the only reason why mono white is so good, and I feel this as a cascade player, is Thalia hurts. Yeah. Thalia's tax mm. just destroys the whole game plan true. entirely. And Thalia so that's scary. That's why Mono White is actually decent. Is not it's not Adelaine, it's Thalia. Yeah. She just ruins every She's other game. She's the only plan. reason you can play Mono White. It's standard, honestly. I mean it's basically just trying to cop the pioneer deck. It's right. true. And honestly, yeah, as a red player too, if they get turned to Thalia or if they go first, it is kind of scary. I, I've had really close games where I'm like, man, two mana uh, Kumano, uh, Kumano, Kumano face Kakazan, three mana Lightning Bolt. I'm not killing your Thalia, brother. We're going to, yeah, I'm hey, paying for these spells. I'm paying for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's just enough creatures to like kind of make it worth it. But yeah, Thalia is scary. And that's good. I think Thalia existing in the format is nice. It doesn't get played in soldiers, but like, the fact that it's there to like keep these decks in check because everything is so mid-range. So like, okay, fine, you pay five mana for your invasion of Zendikar. Congrats. But Blue White Soldiers is cool just because of the fact that they get to, they get to play uh, Predicted Negotiators, Make Disappear, in addition to like their really busted soldiers. That I, I just wish this deck was playable in Pioneer so bad. It's just like it's so close because there's like legends, uh, humans, spirits. This deck is so close. Yeah. Uh, it's just not quite there. Um, but the combination of counter spells with really powerful synergies and the soldiers keeps this deck really powerful. If you don't like mono red because it's boring, quote unquote, or you find it maybe too difficult to know when to play why why spell, this deck is a lot easier to play. But it's still definitely awesome, aggressive. It can crush. It's uh, it's fine against the ramp deck because uh, what burn does is just plow through. This deck's gonna like counter the correct spell in the correct sequence, and then play the guy that punishes them the most. And then against all the mid range decks, like the counter spells really add up when they're trying to two for one you, but they can't because you're like good creature plus spell uh, counter spell backup, etc. Um, there's so many ones and two drops in this deck. It's just too efficient for you to try to out mid range it. It's, it feels like that's why it's number three as opposed to like getting crushed on. Because usually when there's so many mid range decks, these aggro decks suffer. Not these two. These two decks can actually keep up. Playing through as for mid range, it's kind of been the same that it's been for a while. I mean, right? You're playing Shieldred, you're playing Wandering Emperor, and you're playing a lot of removal. You yeah. also have like Rafines to like give you counters. You're gaining tons of life with Shieldred because of Rafines. This deck has been around for a while. Yeah. It's super, super similar to what's happening with Esper Legends. Right. Just off by like, I'm playing Removal and Planeswalkers instead of like more legendary cards that like do the same thing. Right. It's like one's like more of a tap out deck, and the other one is more of like a mid range uh, creature. Like uh, my creatures are, 
are only win conditions. Everything else is like kill spells. Um, and it's 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 like this deck has been around, and it just happened to be the one that survived. Like Grixis was the best deck before Wilds. Now it's Esper, and Grixis is like off the map. You know, like not red, it's white. You know. Yeah, and the, and the Esper mid range is uh, the difference is like because you're playing removal and planeswalkers, like that's your game plan. Whereas the mid range, the Legends version is like okay, turn one Scrawl. Turn two, Denek. Turn three, Rafine. Yeah. Turn four. It plays more like a human deck, like a Cavern of Souls kind of deck, but they have their plaza of heroes. Yeah. And then if Skrull lives more than one turn, then it's like, oh, you're not killing shield. Yeah. You're not. You're not. Yeah. They have killed. a giver of runes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have a giver of runes. Virtual loyalty is a pretty cool card for these decks too, because it's like a like a like a weird kind of way for them to have an early game creature, but then late game like all oh my guys are getting bigger. We're gonna break this this uh, board stall, and then both decks just play their removal packages, whether it's Wandering Emperor, go for the throats or whatever. A lot of uh, good removal spells, but yeah, like we like we talked about, black it just has like really good colors. Speaking of black being like the best color for a while, Walls of Eldraine did help us with that, but. One of the decks we love to see is Golgari Midrange. We finally got a GB Rock deck. Even though it's playing black, GB Rock, I think we both can agree, is pretty awesome. Yeah. When a deck like this is good, the format's looking pretty healthy, in my opinion. And uh, this is the only deck, the only deck playing Liliana the Veil on purpose. Three of, like, three of in the main board or something like that. Yep, three of main. For the right reason, it's a rock deck. It's midrange, trying to grind value. Liliana loves doing that. And, like, every other deck ever is, like, Oh man, Liliana! Like I'll sideboard her for like my blue white matchup, I guess. But like this deck is like no, no, no. This is this is a Liliana GB Rock deck, my friend. Yeah, and I like that the deck is also responding to what's what else is happening within the meta because you're playing cards like Outland Liberator to like help you get around like the Leyline Bindings, right. and also Glissa also gets around Leyline Bindings, and so I find this deck to be really, really sweet. And then it tops off with Virtual Persistence, which the other decks in black are doing anyway. Right. And but like you're doing it in a fair way, and the, the kill spell is still a kill spell, you yeah. know? So yeah, it makes sense, but I just love it. Like obviously like Masu Dread Knight, Glissa Sunslayer are like the MVPs, uh, Miles with Dread Knight from Wilds of Eldraine, just such a cool card like we talked about. Glad that it did what it did and actually made a deck playable like this. But Glissa Sunslayer, such a house, like you said. Uh, the deck plays Shieldred, Graveyard Trespasser. So this is almost like the green-black deck you were playing that we borrowed from Bernal at that one tournament. Right. But instead of Karn, you're like, well, I don't have Karn, but standard's more fair. Play the Shieldreds. Uh, but you have Nissa Ascended Animus. You have Liliana the Veil. The good removal spells and go for the throat. Cut down. Shieldred's Edict, Virtual Persistence is Kill Spell plus Late Game. And not to mention, like, if they put a Atrexa in their graveyard and you get the Virtual Persistence first, you're taking their Atrexa, you know? Like, so these decks can get kind of grindy. Tenacious Underdog, just to grind out of the graveyard. Outland Liberator, like you said, kill their enchantments. Muscle Dread Knight, Value Town Creature, drawing cards. Just a lot of stuff to do. And Graveyard Trespasser is going to exile their cards before they matter. So, like, maybe you'll never hit your 7-drop off of Cemetery, uh, whatever his name is. for Desecrator. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't play the LR deck, but if you don't get that because they crave your Trespasser, do you, like, it's kind of brutal, you know? Yeah. And for you, they have the sweet Blossoming Tortoise to, like, activate your Restless Cottages and yeah. your Mistress Foundry infinitely. Plus, on top of it, for me, that deck that we borrowed from Bernal was playing Reckoner Bankbuster as yeah. his draw card engine. But I was talking about anyway of replacing in Pioneer Reckoner Bankbuster with Mosswood Dread Knight because right. it does the same thing, except it's also a body that you don't need to activate. And so I think that that is a part of the deck that is really, really good. And I think that in standard, this deck has legs because 
Mossword Dread Knight took the place of Reckoner Rakebuster. Right. Agreed. It's also kind of cute seeing Lord Skitter in these decks. Oh, yeah. As a graveyard hate. Plus, like, it also just makes dudes infinitely. Right. So good. Unfortunately, we are getting really, really long in terms of how, how this episode has been going. I didn't think we'd be going this long on standard, but there are a lot more decks we could talk about and that are in the, that are playable in the meta, but a lot of them are getting close to like one percenters. So even though they are playable decks, they're not really as um, important to talk about right now. Um, also, with the potential of a ban, it could shake up the meta. So like, if you guys want to know what the rest of the decks are in general... Feel free to hit us up. I know that um, some people like seeing our show notes. So uh, we do have a channel specifically for patrons. If they want to see our show notes, Frank and I will post the notes in there so that uh, people who are subscribed to one of the tiers, I can't remember which one, can see our show notes. They can see what we talked about on our on our list here. I was pretty concise with typing the notes up, so they'll look pretty clean. It's just, it's just too many decks to talk about, and we try to keep... Uh, podcast to between an hour and an hour and a half if it's going to go long but i'll hit you guys up with a list of them just so you guys have them there is also esper control running around four color control bant control which is the sweet one i mentioned earlier mono white aggro we mentioned celestia enchantments not quite there five color cascade all the way down in like the bottom 10 through 15 orzov control this deck ain't it uh you can sleep on it esper fairies I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Sleep on this deck. And then Demir Midrange. Cool, cute, just not good enough. This is the kind of deck that makes it make sense for me to ban a Trexa. But with that being said, like Standard has been a lot of fun. We're going to be playing a lot more of it. We still have one more podcast before Ixalan, I believe, at least pre-release. So when pre-release is coming up, we're going to really focus hard on pre-release for you guys and get you guys the limited data, uh, limited hot takes that you guys are going to need to practice and play. So we won't probably talk about that much standard during that time, but in the next podcast, we'll probably wrap up some standards, see what the format looks like at the end of Wilds of Train, and see if anything changed. And also we'll let you know what happened with the BNR update, what we were wrong, wrong about, what we were right about, what the formats look like after the BNR updates, et cetera. Anything, anything to add, Frank? Yeah, I think that what I would add is start to, if you haven't considered arena and you're not doing it for limited which you should because the best way to get tons of limited reps is via arena do it for standard it's a great way for you to try out different decks to jam a bunch of them and then get ready for what's going to be rcq season and it helps you figure out what you like i'm building golgari midrange Monorad Aggro, Cascade, and probably a four-color control or the Topiary Stomper like ramp deck so that I can figure out, okay, what am I going to build or what am I going to think about building because it will change with Ixalan. But I think the time to start getting your standard cards is like right now because once RCQ season happens, prices are going to go up. So start to get some of the staples like Right now, right now. Yeah, definitely. If you want to support the store, Boardside Gaming, where we record. Obviously, I'm one of the owners, so I really appreciate it. But we have a ton of standard cards. If you guys want to get them while they're cheap, you know, and really, you know, get there, order my cards. You know, they're really cheap. A lot of these rares are like a dollar. Um, and if standard gets uh, pops off like we think it will, then these rares, when they get popular, are going to go up a lot. So might as well get them while, while the iron's hot, like Frank said, as well. If you want to play Arena, there's a lot of ways to play the game really cheap or even free. If you can just do your dailies, get in there start grinding some dailies play some limited um if you guys would like let me know in the comments i could even make a video 
talking about the best ways to save money. Like I said, I, I used to grind all the um, cards in the format and there's ways to really min-max your EVs in terms of getting all the best cards and fast, getting your dailies done, what things are worth purchasing and why. And if you just don't want to spend any money, the best ways to avoid all the microtransactions and just go for like um, getting maximum experience, maximum gold coins, etc. I can really cover a lot of that in um, in a video if you guys would like and post it on our YouTube. And in addition, if you're playing limited, you got to have to follow the podcast because we're going to teach you the best ways to win. And honestly, the best, like 100% best way to guarantee yourself getting positive EV on Arena is to just win five plus games every draft. And then you're just going to basically play for free, which is what I'm doing right now as uh, as I grind my standard cards yeah and with that uh for standard Borsak gaming if you are local we are having standard coming on mondays true so, so come and check it out we're gonna do a window box for the first one hot super hot plus in chicago come february 75k true. we're bringing a whole team yeah we're sending all the boys standard here we come todd is doing the store because stan is grinding with us <laughs> yeah it. i mean i guess i could go Got to bring that mono red pain. Um, please go ahead and check that out. With that being said, that is our show for today. A lot of BNR, a lot of standard, and a lot to be excited about. We're making more content. We're grinding. Please follow us on Twitch. Please. Please. You got to give. You got to give. Got to give. <laughs> check us out. Support us. We love playing Magic, and we love the community that we're making and growing here at our local store, and we're trying to expand that to this Tales from the Tap community. Big shout out to MTG Chicago. They're growing so much on YouTube. I got a screenshot from Sal today with what's happening over there. Uh, awesome. He upgraded his pins. Uh, so his videos are getting more clicks. He's getting more cameras, putting them in stores. It's it's really, really growing. Yeah. And I love Sal and I really love what he's doing for our local community. Just getting cameras in stores and posting gameplay of the, ga- the games in our area. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's a good place to watch because uh, the Midwest is a very saturated a lot of good people playing magic plus you can also catch some funny interactions where people are saying nonsense uh like me on on videos please go ahead check out their channel they're doing great things big shout out to nancy steroids who does our intro and outro music if you ever catch me streaming you will hear all of nancy steroids singles plus he does a lot of collaborations with a bunch of different artists a lot of lo-fi a lot of rap you just go and check it out he's got great stuff it's really cool chill music actually i really enjoy it yeah also big shout out to borsak gaming for allowing to do our uh recording here at the shop please if you are wanting to get some i don't know how much doctor who they're gonna have because it is flying off the shelves but you can also get wilds of aldrain get a box save it for later draft with your friends show them what's up because you were listening to the podcast go ahead and get some sealed product that way as for tokens as for tokens we've got so many boars tokens and- i just shipped a, a huge package of them to shout outs to christian over in japan one of our patrons uh he just got him sent a photo of all the tokens laid out he's like i can't wait to play with these and give them out i'm like awesome man i'm glad you love them yeah we have really fun spins i hand those tokens out at all the tournaments i go to and i can't tell you it just makes people's day I guarantee they're cooler than yours. So please get some of those tokens and we will catch you next time for some previews of Ixalan post 
ban and restricted and more standard. But until then, we'll catch you around. See you next time.